You are listening to From Sobriety to Recovery with Jesse Mogul. Welcome to the show. Hello, 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 my friends. Thank you for joining me once again here at From Sobriety to Recovery. My name is Jesse Mogul, and I am in addiction recovery. Coming up on 1,000 days, I tried to log into my Nomo app, but because I chose to change my cell phone recently, I was unable to do that. So I can't tell you guys how close I am, but uh, I can just tell you that it's coming pretty close. And so we're here at a pretty awesome episode number, if you ask me. I'm a huge fan of, would, would I call them prime numbers? Yeah, yeah, I would call them prime numbers. Uh, big fan of things that end in three, the number seven. And so this is episode 33, and I thought, what a great time to talk about the three minds. Now, once again, I'm always honored to have you here, and I definitely look to bring you value to your time, especially because we are in addiction recovery, and you turn to me for whatever knowledge it is that you seek that you have found throughout listening to all these episodes that you believe I bring. And when I first came across the three minds, it was in my NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming Studies, and I found it to be absolutely fascinating because I see how, depending on what situation I'm in, what triggers me to use a particular mind. And the three minds are as follows, the reasonable mind, the emotional mind, and the wise mind. Now, in the NLP studies I had, it has um, two circles drawn, and I don't, I don't know what they call it whenever they overlap. There's, it's not a Rorschach test. I think that's when you look at ink blots. Um, but there's something where, you know, if you draw two circles, where they overlap is, is, the, perfect, is the perfect junction. And so obviously in this one, the wise mind would be where the reasonable mind circle and the emotional mind circle overlap. And depending on what situation has triggered a thought or a feeling, which will create, which will drive an action, which creates a result, um, I can be of whichever one of these minds. Obviously the sweet spot would be being in the wise mind, whereas most of the time I am probably be in the reasonable mind. Now I'm going to put this in the show notes that you guys have an opportunity to read over what I'm getting ready to, to let you know about. It's just a, I'll do a brief little description of the reasonable emotional and the wise mind, just so that we have a baseline moving forward over the next 20 or so minutes of that you can, that you can be following. So the reasonable mind is an individual that uses a rational part of their mind when approaching a situation intellectually, which is certainly what I do quite frequently. Um, I plan ahead, I make decisions, and I, and I do so based on facts. Again, part of the reasonable mind. Um, I, the reasonable mind weighs deeply on information and facts, sometimes to the detriment of productivity or of effectiveness. Uh, the reasonable mind can often become stuck in opinion and debate. It is often uncompromising and likes rules. If you follow that, and that sounds like you, then you are using your reasonable mind in those moments. Perhaps you're using your reasonable mind all the time. 
Um, I'm certainly much more of the reasonable analytical thinking mind than I am of the emotional mind. And I know that stems from when I was a child and my you know mother had Crohn's. And so she was constantly in pain and dad worked all the time. Um, I learned to bury my emotions because I didn't think that my mother uh, could necessarily be there for me whenever I wanted to discuss them. She had a lot going on with Crohn's and, and the pills and the surgeries and obviously the marriage that wasn't in the best shape because she was always sick and, and dad chose to work all the time. And he was not of any emotional mind whatsoever. And so he was a very reasonable mind. And um, even though he was my secondary caregiver at best, my primary caregiver, more than likely my pets were probably my best secondary caregiver. Um, even the pigs in the barn were a better secondary caregiver as far as the emotional aspect came. Um, dad was a very reasonable minded person. So if you find yourself using the rational part of your mind, um, you often like to plan ahead and make decisions based on facts. You're using these facts um, at times to the detriment of productivity or of effectiveness um, and definitely stuck in opinion and debate uh, where you become uncompromising. And I love rules. I have a thousand rules for Jesse, and it's uh, I don't mind them. I think that it keeps my life rather organized, um, although I've been told by people in my meetings and my, my Kaiser therapist that um, I run myself like a military dictator at times. So that's the reasonable mind. The emotional mind is used when feeling when feelings control an individual's thoughts and behaviors. The emotional mind may act impulsively and give little consideration to the consequences. The emotional mind doesn't necessarily work with facts, but it generally works on what it believes the truth is, or a perception of truth, or merely a projection of what it thinks the truth might be. Now, I don't know what you guys were like when you were using, but I know what I was like. Um, and I have definitely can see where the emotional mind popped out then, which is not surprising because often the solution to a problem becomes the problem itself. My solution to my inability to um, display and feel my emotions in a mature way, um, which again was a habit instilled in my childhood, working its way all the way up until I went off to college. And then it was like, oh, okay, if I want to be, uh, you know, emotional and a little bit whimsical or rational even, um, you know, I remember, you know, getting on the roof of one of my friend's cars and holding on to the bike rack up there while he sped down the road, um, you know, things like that. Um, the emotional mind doesn't necessarily work with facts, but it generally works on what it believes the truth is or a perception of truth or just a projection of what it thinks the truth might be. Um, you will definitely remember in times when you were using where you would just hold on to something. And again, this works for sober people too, guys. I'm just framing it around our addictions because that's why we're here. Um, that when it says that we may, uh, the emotional mind acts impulsively and gives little consideration to the consequences. I mean, wasn't that the entire foundation of ourselves in addiction to act impulsively and give little consideration to the consequences? I can't tell you how many times in college I found myself at an ATM at three in the morning and did not consider the consequences of my actions at all when I was skipping tests and missing assignments and showing up to work late or not at all. Um, when you allow your feelings to control your thoughts and behaviors, the problem with that is that feelings 
are like raindrops in the sky falling down upon you. You're going to have a slew of them on any given day. And so if you let one individual one control your thoughts and behaviors, what you end up doing is just spiraling around a feeling that could have just as easily been fleeting. And you could have just let it go and then the next one would come and the next one and the next one and the next one. If you allow yourself to be controlled by your emotions, then you are not in control. And we all know what not being in control is like. That's why we've chosen sobriety and recovery because we no longer want to be out of control. I remember people would tell me back when I was a drunk all the time, they would be like, you know, I don't like to drink too much because I don't like to be out of control. I don't like to lose control. I want to be in control of my faculties. I want to be in control of my decisions. I want to be in control of my behaviors. And I just remember thinking, that's why I drink. I drink to not be in control of those anymore because my reasonable mind ran me like such a dictator. The only time it would take the day off or the night off or the week off or the month off was when I was inebriated. And so... I stayed inebriated to keep the reasonable mind at bay and not healthy at all. Um, and so if this description sounds a lot like you, you are of the emotional mindset. Here's the wise mind. Okay, the wise mind, again, being that perfect synergy of reasonable and emotional melded together. The wise mind is the balance between the reasonable mind and the emotional mind where an individual recognizes and respects their feelings, but they are able to respond to them rationally and maturely. The wise mind is that place where the reasonable mind and the emotional mind overlap. It's that part of every person that can know and experience truth. It's where the person knows something to be true or valid. Now, I'm not going to discuss politics um, on this show because that's for a whole different show. <laughs> but I will say, if you pay attention to the politics in this United States and what comes out of Washington, D.C., what happens on our news channels, I think it'll be pretty clear to you that we are in a nation that is really not operating with the wise mind. We get the, we get these emotional-minded people on the television and in, a, and in our Senate and our legislative branch, our executive branch, and they're making decisions um, based on emotions, and that is not a good stance for a leader to take. When you are a leader, you want to be of the wise mind. You want to have a balance between your reasonable mind, the one that can use thought and analytical data and information and facts, and of the emotional mind where you have the ability to see things through an emotional perspective, right? When you think about people who are in war-torn countries just wanting to survive and feed their families and have shelter over their heads, and you look upon them with a disdain or you immediately think that they are liars, cheaters, and thieves whenever they're really just people like you and I whose house happened to get bombed or whose city's been overrun by guns produced in this country and sold to them illegally. Um, if you start to see it with that um, compassionate, empathetic you know, pair of eyeglasses on, then and also at the same time being able to see it with information and facts and data about 
what they could be doing, what we could be doing, right? That's where the wise mind comes in and just, I mean, right, you can't get away from politics. And so it just seems so easy to try to reframe it back to there. Um, So let's move it back over into addiction and recovery. Let's think of it as when you are operating with your reasonable mind and your emotional mind, like that's probably the most perfect synergy you have to why you know that being in sobriety and recovery is the best place for you. That you can, you know, I've talked about this in other episodes. You can think about it when you're at a bar, you're out at a friend's barbecue and somebody tries to get you to drink and the reasonable mind looks at it with information and facts and thinks, okay, how did I used to behave when I used? Um, I've said this phrase before. I'll say it again because I love it so much. Play it out to the credits. For most people, they can have a beer or two and they can be fine and they can stop. We weren't those people. If we were those people, we wouldn't be doing this show. We wouldn't be listening to this show. We wouldn't have friends and family members we're concerned with because they would be able to control it themselves. Something happened, deep trauma in our lives, and we took that and we and we we spun it with an emotional mindset and we began to act impulsively. We didn't consider the consequences and then we found ourselves where we're at today. Right? So you can you, you then you can think about whenever you go to that same barbecue and they offer you the beer, the emotional mindset, right? You can have that emotion where you feel like you need that drink, you, where you feel like you need that hit, where you feel like you need to use. You can have that emotional mind where it goes back and it thinks fondly on those times if that's something that's comfortable for you. I talk a lot about, and I don't just talk about it, people talk about it in the meetings I attend, about how they're afraid to think about what it would be like to use again because they're afraid that they'll want to use again, right? They're using the emotions of how they used to feel when they used. Most importantly is to always go back on the idea of, one, it's you're just trying to stay sober today or for the next five minutes or the next five seconds. But two, you play it out to the credits and you realize that what got you into sobriety and recovery to begin with was the, the fact that you were able to acknowledge that you did not have power over this addiction. That even saying that you had power is ridiculous. That I don't want to manage this addiction anymore. I want to manage my life. I I want to be in control of my life. I don't want to be spending my life trying to manage an addiction that's unmanageable. The wise mind is that place where the reasonable mind and the emotional mind overlap. So when you find yourself triggered by a circumstance a uh, life event, something happens, right? I've talked about this in the past. And again, I, f- I feel like there's a lot of synergy happening with this episode. Maybe it's because it's 33, maybe because we're talking about the three minds. The life coaching model popularized to me by my life coach, Brooke Castillo, talks about how there's a circumstance, there's an event, there's a happening, right? Something happens. You know, you come home and your loved one starts either yelling at you about what's wrong with the house or gives you a big hug and a kiss and says they're so happy to see you, right? There's, there's, there's an event. There's a circumstance. There's, she calls it a circumstance. So anything that happens, right? All thoughts, all thoughts are started by an outside circumstance. You can think that you're just in your head and you're just having all these random thoughts, but something is triggering them. 
And 99% of the time, it's an outside force. You could look at a tree and then all of a sudden you're having thoughts about eating apples when you were a kid. Right? You may not even realize that what you've seen has just triggered a thought, but it has. Right now, you're, you could be sitting in a dark room with no lights, no sound, sensory deprivation tank style, and still the fact that you see nothing is triggering thoughts. And then once once you, once your mind has a, has one thought triggered, it just begins to trigger them all. But they, they the baseline, the root of that original thought was stemmed from something that happened outside. Now I bring up sensory deprivation tanks because I like to go in them about once a month, and just the fact that I'm in the sensory deprivation tank, that's a circumstance in a sensory deprivation tank. Now it's triggering thoughts, right? And then lots of times my brain just goes off into la la land. And it's just saying what it will come up with. So I, I bring all this up because I want you to be able to picture this in your head. You have a circumstance. You have this outside trigger and it creates, it triggers a thought, right? Thoughts, thoughts give us labels. Thoughts bring about meaning. We're always searching for a label to a thought, a meaning to a thought, right? This causes a feeling which drives an action. So if you come home your loved one starts yelling at you about not taking out the trash, triggers a thought one way or another. Either like, oh man, I'm such a loser. I should have taken out the trash. What is this What is this person yelling at me for? Is there an idiot? Um, you know, whatever the thought is, it can go negative or positive. If they're yelling at you, it's probably going to go negative. If it's positive, it's going to pro- probably go positive. And then that's going to drive a feeling. Right, they're yelling at you about the garbage. Now you feel like you are less than. You feel like all you are is a disappointment to them. They give you a big hug and a sloppy kiss, and you feel loved and you feel cherished and important. And this drives an action. Right, both of them might lead to you taking out the garbage. Right, the result could still be garbage going out. But is it a positive or is it a negative emotion? And this is where the reasonable mind and the emotional mind can come into play. If you allow the emotional mind to take over, right, then the negative experience at the front door that led you to take out the garbage could drive you to start wanting to act impulsively. You might even start screaming back at them. You might say things that you can't take back because you're not considering the consequences, right? Now, the positive experience at the front door even if she gives you big hugs and kisses and is like, oh, babe, you were so busy this morning when you ran out, when you left for work, you forgot to take out the garbage. Could you please do that, right? The emotional mind there, it feels love, it feels support, and it goes into a reasonable reaction, which is, you know, oh, okay, they're right. I had said I'd take out the garbage or she's been busy too. I'll take it out. But you're using your reasonable mind. The wise mind that meets in the middle on these two scenarios is the one that regardless of whether she's yelling or or he's yelling, or he or she is loving you at the front door, either way, still wanting you to take out the garbage, you're able to look at it with a reasonable mind that weighs the information and the facts that you were supposed to take out the garbage, but you forgot, or you just didn't want to, right? You can take out the garbage, and and that emotional mind, rather than active impulsively, can act with gratitude and humility and integrity and, and act grounded. So you're looking at these actions in your life. You're looking at these circumstances that bring about these thoughts, feelings, actions, and then the, then the outcomes, right? Be thinking about which mind you're using when an event 
triggers a thought which causes a feeling. Because it's within that thought and feeling portion of this circle that you have the choice of which mind to use. And remember, you always have a choice. You have a choice whether to react positively or negatively. And I know from experience that if I get emotionally triggered, the tendency is for me to respond negatively. If I am of my reasonable mind, which usually because it's a positive a positive force, a positive event, a positive circumstance, then that triggers positive thoughts, which cause positive feelings, which drive positive actions that lead to positive results. And remember, in this scenario, the goal is the person at the front door still wants you to take out the garbage. And because you love them, and that's something that you do or whatever, whatever the history with the garbage is to you, it's something that they want you to do, and you you want to be of service. You want to be of an equal partnership in the house. So it's your choice whether to see the act of you taking out the garbage as positive or negative, right? The result is ultimately going to be the garbage stills go out, but, the, but it's the energy you use when you take it out. And that energy that arrives when you're taking out the garbage stems from the thoughts and the feelings that you had that led to that action. And if you're of the wise mind, then you'll be centered and you'll be grounded. And even if they're emotionally triggered when they approach you with this, you can easily just step back and say, okay, they're coming at me from the emotional mind. The best place for me to react and respond from is from the reasonable mind. Now, I know a lot of guys out there are going to be like, oh, yeah, my wife, my girlfriend, my sister, my mother, they're all the emotional mind. We're all all of these guys and gals. This is not one person or the other is always in one or the other. At work, you could you could be reasonable-minded all the way through, and then you see someone who took your yogurt out of the refrigerator, and you lose your shit. And now you're coming from the emotional mindset. The key, and this is why I brought up the the life coaching model, is that whatever the outside force is, the outside trigger, the circumstance is, it's when you first have that thought and then the feeling, because they follow each other. Thoughts always always cause feelings, okay? The, the, to have a feeling that creates a thought is very rare. I don't even know if it's possible, according to Brooke Castillo, because the way this circle is built is that the thoughts drive the feelings, right? If the, the, if the feeling arrives and you think it's drawing on thoughts, the feeling was already there, stemmed from another trigger and now you're just driving it backwards having a like if, it's like if you were if you if you were mad that they took out that they yelled at you at the front door about the garbage and you had a feeling that you were worthless and because you had this feeling that you were worthless then it created this thought that oh yeah she thinks I'm worthless I'll show her and then you go out there and you know you screw something up in the garage the emotion you're using the feeling you're using is is still anger it's still mad it was started by her yelling at you at the front door that made you have the thought that you weren't of a you weren't a man because you made her upset that which drove that feeling and now you're just having you're going back up to a different thought but the feeling that's there is still there i hope this doesn't get too woo 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 circular 
Um, and I highly recommend that you go back, if, if it does, and, and listen to these next few minutes again. I will put this um, live coaching model in the in the show notes. Um, Brooke Castillo does an amazing job of talking about this. Um, she has a podcast called The Life Coaching School. I've been in her scholars program now going on 10 months, nine months. I just finished September and I'm a huge fan of it. She talks a lot about this. And so when I came across the three minds, I thought, oh, wow, I could really see how when an event triggers you, you want to be of the wise mind. If you find yourself always being reasonable or always being emotional, then you're not being um, you're you're not being balanced. You're not in this place of homeostasis. Recently learned that word. I remember it from a while back ago, but it kept popping up at of a conference I was at last week. Homeostasis, which is just where you're balanced at. One of the reasons we used to use drugs and drink so much is because we were const- we were looking for that balance. We were constantly seeking the homeostasis in our lives. But because we had messed with that equilibrium bar inside of our brains and our bodies, we eventually got to the point where we needed alcohol or drugs just to get to even keel, right? To just start to feel normal. I know you remember that. And that was one of the reasons why it's so hard to get into sobriety and stick with it those first couple months. Because that's when your body is trying to realize that its balance, its equilibrium has been off the entire time. Um, and that's when the emotional mind steps in and gets you acting impulsively and uh, lacking consideration to the consequences, right? For me, I stepped into sobriety and recovery with a reasonable mind. The emotional mind had no place. Uh, I'm not even sure I brought the emotional mind into play until this year, um, well after my second uh, anniversary of, of my sobriety. So that's the three minds. Go back, read over the show notes, the reasonable mind. It takes in information and facts and data, uh, while this can be to the detriment of productivity and effectiveness. Um, and obviously, it can get stuck in opinions and debates. It's uncom- uncompromising and it likes rules. Um, there's also an intellectual um, diagnosis that goes on in the in the brain when something happens in front of you, where you will think through all the different possibilities rather than acting emotionally. When you respond to or to somebody through an emotional uh, mind, then you will find that you act imp- impulsively and you lack the consideration for others. Uh, you don't even necessarily work with facts. You'll just project whatever you think you saw out there and you will stand firm that it's the truth. Whereas if you have a balanced emotional mind, then you're able to, to feel your feelings and then you'll be able to interpret them back out to the person in front of you um, in a rational, more sensible way so that what you're trying to express to them doesn't get lost in the translation of your emotional trigger. That's something I'm dealing with a lot. I had an issue with it uh, recently with one of my friends and my roommate uh, about, oddly enough, about garbage. Maybe that's why I brought this up. I came home. It stunk. He'd been home for seven hours. I presumed he had been awake for many of those hours. He should have taken it out. He did not. It started a fight. But I realized in that moment, I came from the emotional mind. A wise mind would have used reason and logic along with a splash of emotions to realize that regardless of why he didn't take out the garbage, I could simply ask him, well, hey, could you take that out when you're done? Or I could have just taken it out and been like, oh, hey, you know, I just got home. I've already got my outside shoes on. I'll go ahead and take out the garbage. 
right? Use your wise mind and stop. Stop whenever a circumstance slash event slash outside trigger occurs. And as you're starting to get into your thoughts and your feelings, ask yourself, am I using the reasonable mind? Am I using the emotional mind? Am I using the positive side of the reasonable and or emotional mind? Or am I using the negative side of the reasonable and or emotional mind? And meld them together and be wise. Be wise with your responses. And I've said this before. You, when you react to something, it comes from an emotional place. When you respond to something, it comes from a place of wise-mindedness. You want to respond to others. You want to respond to situations. You want to respond to life where you've thought things through. You've used the right amounts of reasonableness and emotionalness, and you've come to a wise understanding. Mastering this, developing this as one of the strongest traits that you have in your addiction recovery backpack of life will do wonders for you. It will stop you in the tracks when you want to start fights. It'll stop you from beating yourself up in your head over shit that you even didn't even have control over. And if you did, it's okay to make mistakes. We're human. Learn from the mistakes and move forward. Whatever you do, just don't find yourself reacting. Because then you'll do things where you haven't considered the consequences. Your actions that come from an impulsive place usually will need to be followed with, I'm sorry, down the road. And wouldn't you rather save your energy having to apologize and instead spend it showing love and appreciation, humility, and gratitude to those that matter to you? Thank you so much for listening. Once again, please, if you have not, subscribe, rate, review. It goes a long way to making sure I show up in search results. I really love doing this show, and I love it whenever I hear from you all and that you say that it matters to you. A shout-out to Minnesota, Idaho, and Montana. You know who you are. Uh, Loving the fact that I'm getting some really awesome um, DMs uh, from some places that are really far up north because I know winter's coming. Not Game of Thrones style, just normal American winter style. And you're going to find yourself uh, locked inside your house a lot. And I know that that's where some damage can occur. So be strong. Stay as active as possible. Get yourself a gym membership. Um, Just be awesome. And again, always to everyone out there, even the other 47 states I didn't name, much love. It's an honor to have you here. Remember, the power of positive energy, release and flow. Take care, guys. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.